When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm seeing something. It's smiling at me. But not a friendly smile. The worst smile I've ever seen in my life. Do you see it right now? Smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Pod R. Rooney! And this episode, I'm going to be talking to a few actors that I acted with in the play The Chastitute by John B. Keane. Uh, I'll be talking to Ashling O'Neill, who you'll know from Fair City. But at the moment, I'm standing uh, on a kind of pebbly beach in Skull in County Cork. I've just been for a dip in the Atlantic I was in and out a few times just because it's quite cold, obviously. It's Ireland and the water is freezing. But it uh, certainly pepped, put a pep in my step and uh, woke me up. And I'm looking out across the water at a uh, at a cormorant uh, that's just caught a fish. It's just caught a fish. And it's uh, the fish is wriggling. The cormorant is persistent. It's gone down. It's gone down the throat of the cormorant. That fish is now uh, digesting in the cormorant's enzymes. Um, So, yes, beautiful day here. And I did a gig last night in Hackett's Bar. Just a little bar. Tiny, beautiful Irish bar. And I stood in a corner and did my gig. And it was absolutely... Uh, fantastic I was absolutely wonderful I, I, I couldn't believe how good I was and uh, stayed in a lovely place called the Grove House kind of place and had a place that you stay in beautiful house run by a, a lovely woman called Catherine and Katharina or Catherine and uh, had a meal had a, a lovely meal there in the grove. Uh, so it's a lovely day and I am feeling very, very full of life and zest. Having just dipped my head in the cold waters of the Atlantic, I feel the blood soaring through my veins now. Like, like life itself. Standing on the, on the... Sh- Stony rocks, rocky stones, looking out across at all the boats moored in the bay of Skull. And uh, something we thought about yesterday. I'm here with Duana. Duana, would you like to say hello? Hello. That we thought about yesterday, Duana, is how do the people who own the boats get to their boats? And uh, presume... They get there in a smaller boat, like a rowing boat, do you think? 
Maybe. Or is there a person that brings them to the boats? You know what there is, because that guy we were talking to, Kevin, last night, didn't he say he brought people to their yachts? He did. Uh, Were you listening to him? (laughs) I just heard he has a boat. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he's bringing... Because there's going to be a yacht race starting off here today. I don't know if we can hang around long enough to see the beginning of a yacht. Well, the beginning of a yacht race probably isn't isn't an amazing spectacle, really. It's just boats. Um, So, yeah, and that's the story. So I'm going to start off with a little chat uh, with uh, Mark O'Regan. Who uh, was in the in the Chastity with me, and is also appearing shortly in the Board Gosh Theatre in uh, the musical of Angela's Ashes. So uh, uh, I'll listen to this, and I'll talk to you later. And I'll probably be on my journey from Skull to Waterford. I'll I'll pop in and 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 link you to the next interview. So uh, enjoy episode seventy. And the cormorant has caught another fish and swallowed it and is going down for more. More on this later, but now it's Marco Regan. Yeah! Uh, yeah, I'm here with Marco Regan in his dressing room backstage at the Chastitude. Uh, we've had a five-week run, brilliant crack. And Mark, what what are you at after the Chastitude? Um, I'm beginning rehearsals uh, on Monday week uh, on a new production, um, a world premiere, as they say, of uh, Angela's Ashes, um, an adaptation of Frank McCourt's book. Uh, um, it's a it's a musical which will be uh, which will be going on in the uh, Borgash Theatre in July. Brilliant. Now, you, have you been a theatre? How long have you been a theatre actor? Um, as uh, was it Harry Moore used to say, for more years than I care to remember, uh, over thirty years, Joe. Um, in fact, um, I made my uh, debut here in the Gaiety Theatre where we are now. Mm. Uh, in um, 1987 in a production of Barcel Boy but in fact I had been kind of working uh, in Cork with a company called the Cork Theatre Company for quite a number of years before that so uh, for a long time yeah. Have you, did you study in the Gaiety School of Acting? Uh, no I didn't no actually I went to kind of a, a circuitous route um, I, um, I did a degree in um, UCC in Cork and um, I got very much involved in the dramatic society there so when I left it was almost like, almost like a natural progression for me to, uh, to to try and get into the professional ranks. Mm. And uh, is it in your family, the uh, the acting or any arts indeed? Um, n- no, no, no. <laughs> 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 I, my brother, my brother's a bank manager. My other brother is a, is a pharmacist. So <laughs> there's no, no, my mother had an interest in kind of amateur drama and stuff like that. And I suppose, you know, from a very young age, uh, I was encouraged to sing and stuff like that because I really enjoy kind of musical theatre more than anything else. So um, it was always kind of, I suppose, lurking there uh, as a child. So uh, theatre would be your preferred form of acting, would you? Would it? Um, well, you'd like to think like that you'd be able to, uh, you'd have a bit of range, you know, so I mean, <laughs> I'd hate to kind of just pigeonhole myself as a theatre actor, you know, um, because and I'm sure my agent wouldn't like me to <laughs> necessarily say that. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, on my CV, you'll see a bit of TV and film, as, uh, TV and film as well. So, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's great to just try and mix it up, really, mm. if, you, if you have that opportunity. 
you know mm. but theatre is something that you know presents itself to me far more often than um, either telly or um, our film so yeah. now I uh, we've been working together for five weeks now I love your sense of humour. No, you've got a brilliant dark sense of humour. I would have thought, of all the people on the cast, you are definitely the one person I would have thought really good. Could have been, could have been a stand-up comedian, actually. Do you ever think of it? Well, I mean, we've spoken a lot about comedy over the last five weeks, which has been f- fascinating as far as I'm concerned, because uh, I actually, I mean, I, I, uh, my hat's off to people who stand up uh, on their own with just a microphone, no props usually, uh, and, and, and converse with, uh, with a, a, a hall of people. Uh, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's an incredible craft. I'm really, really interested in it, of course. Uh, um, because I think that there, you know, there's subject matter, taboo subject matter that you can discuss in, in, in what has become a very, very politically correct age that you can't, like, you can do things with comedy that you can't do in other kind of areas. Um, mm. which, I, which I really think is something that, um, now we, in fact, we were talking about, uh, if you remember only last week, about comedians uh, who have been talking about Brexit in the UK and, uh, and mm. people who are anti-Brexit uh, comedians. Around, and it's cr- created a little bit of a, a controversy at the moment. But it, it's great that I think comedians, I think, seem to have a, a more license than other people to talk about crucial issues, social, um, financial, etc., 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 you you can indeed, but if you want to get corporate work, you yeah, better. Fifteen minute call. That's brilliant. Minutes, thank you. That's, it's like That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't get that. You see, I'm going to miss this. We've only got two, three performances to go, and I'm going to miss having bulbs around the mirror of my dressing room. Having a dressing room, actually, <laughs> <laughs> and and announcements like that. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. The theatre is amazing. Yeah, it is. I suppose the the, the 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 potential, the permutations, the 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 kind of the, the constant uh, surprise. Um, it is yeah. like I mean, and and you never kind of take it for granted, really, because um, I mean, as I think I might have pointed out to you at one stage, like eighty five percent of actors are not working at any one time. So yeah. sometimes when you look at the theatres around the city, the Abbey, the Gate, here, and you actually count the amount of actors who are involved in productions, mm. and you compare it to the actual people, you know, that are are, are on equity books, mm. it's a pretty small percentage, you know. So you, there's always a sense, like, and I don't mean to sound in any way kind of bullshitty, but there's always a, you know. A, a slight privilege about doing what we do as well, you know. Yeah. Um, there's one more. Th- I know you have to get ready now to go. Uh, but uh, we we we're kind of a little bit of a uh, slagging match going on over over getting applause for certain parts. And uh, it is it is an interesting thing though because sometimes you do a bit and you get an applause or a laugh, but you can't expect it. That's the weird thing about from me from my point of view doing stand up because. You do expect a lot. That's what you're looking for as a stand-up. And yeah, that's kind of, that's a weird thing, isn't it? Not, I, I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on that whole aspect of how, how the audience will react on yeah, different I, nights? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a science to it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I mean, you, you, you use the, uh, the, 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 the phrase uh, having a critical mass, uh, which obviously is very important for stand-up. I mean, you know, uh, here we're p- probably more used to um, a kind of, um, uh, you know, a, a wide range of, of audiences. 
Um, sometimes if, if you go down the scientific route and you think, well, if, 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 if we hit that tonight, we're definitely going to hit that and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it can be absolutely, uh, it can be a huge surprise, you know, when that doesn't happen. And I mean, we've had this competition going on now for, for over a month and we thought we had a theory going and even last night it was just blown out of the water, yeah, you know. So uh, <laughs> In a good way. In a, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks. I'll let you get ready. Thanks, All right, John, I have to say, look, it's been a great pleasure working with you. People used to say, you know, to me that like stand-up comedians are bastards. They're insecure. You're neither of those. Uh, you're a great guy, and I wish you the best uh, of luck for the rest of the year. High praise indeed. I'm not a bastard. <laughs> Regan there and I uh, had a really good time uh, acting and, and rehearsing with them and he's just a lovely man as as you can hear from that little chat we had there well I'm back in my little apartment now I didn't do any more links as I was driving from Skull to Waterford and back home again yesterday I was just too tired and busy and trying to get uh, halfway across the country and home again um, now, the next chat here is with Ashling O'Neill, who most people will know from the RTE soap Fair City, on which she plays Carol. And uh, we talk about her father, and it's quite fitting because today is Father's Day. So we talk about her acting career and her father, who's also an actor, Chris O'Neill. And some people of my age and older will remember him from the very old soap called the Reardons which was on RT long before Fair City and even before Glen Rowe so here we go Ashling O'Neill Hi Ashling I think you've been acting since you were a young child, is that correct? I mean, you told me you were on the Reardons there earlier on, is that correct? Well, I was a baby there, so I don't remember that, obviously. <laughs> but when people ask me, oh, you know, um, my father, Chris O'Neill, my late father was in the Reardons, which was a very famous Irish soap. It was our fir- one of our first Irish soaps. It was our first soap, I think. Mm. Then along with Tulka Row. Um, Tulka Row was on the radio. But, uh, yeah, so I... Uh, had a part as the baby of Benji and Maggie's baby Tom Hickey and Biddy White Lennon's baby so you know my parents basically <laughs> let me be the baby for a while you know but I, d- I don't remember that obviously and then um, as I got a bit older when I was 10 I think it was was it was I 10 when I was 10 I did uh, this mime drama my, my uncle Vincent my dad's brother Vincent um, he was a mime is a mime He's also an actor and director. He runs his own theatre company over in Buffalo in upstate New York now. He's been there for the last 20-something years. But, um, uh, so, basically, he put me in this thing called The Mark, which was um, in the Project Arts Centre. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, how many years ago now? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to say how many years. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was 10. Yeah. Yeah, and then... My father put me in Waiting for Godot as the boy um, up in the Focus Theatre um, 
back in when I was when I was age then eleven. So it was myself and Johnny Murphy and Chris O'Neill, my dad, who is my dad, was my dad, is my dad, um, Mannix Flynn, um, Vincent O'Neill, my uncle. Uh, who else is in it? Yeah, so Peter Sheridan directed it. Yeah, so we did that for ten weeks up in the Focus. Um, so I suppose like that was my first professional gig really up there. And do, uh, at that age, did you think it was something you wanted to do professionally? Kind of, yeah. You know, like you're only 10 or 11. You know, you don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> you're just doing, you know, you just, he said, oh, Ashley, I'm putting you in this. Will you do it? And I said, yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I did it, you know. And so I was the boy. But the funny thing is, so I remember, um, I remember just kind of liking it. I didn't have any fear. Like, I just get on and did it. I just I just did it. Because mm-hmm. he, he does, I was always in rehearsal rooms and things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I used to go to school up in Ranala for a while. And there was this tin church beside it and he'd often be rehearsing. Um, and my parents were separated and he'd be rehearsing in the um, tin church beside the multi-denominational school I was in. And I used to get really excited because I could sneak in like at the break time and I could see my dad in rehearsals. So it's one of my earliest memories, you know. Mm. So that was lovely. And um, I always loved being around him because he was exciting and I got on very well with him. Mm. But um, yeah... So, but when I did the Godo thing, I, I remember being told, uh, Jim Sheridan said to, uh, and I'm not name dropping, this is actually a memory. He said, he said to my father, I love the way she comes on because I had a traveller accent. I just gave it a traveller yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so that was funny. My dad liked that, you know, because I, ju- I just did it in a traveller accent and I don't know why. Yeah. I just did. Yeah. Uh, and so your father has strong connection to Buffalo. Can you tell me how that how that how that came about? So it's also your uncle, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened was um, actually Gado uh, took him there. Uh, that production, he was here, and you know he'd done a lot of stuff here. He had his own theatre companies, different different things. But he did that production of Gado, and he ended up uh, go t- touring with it with Johnny Murphy, and they went to Canada. I believe, yeah. And then they went down over the border, you know, into upstate New York, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad just ended up staying there. He stayed there for five years and then he moved on. And, my, and they set up a theatre company there called the Irish Classical Theatre Company. Uh, and he set it up. My uncle came over then with his wife, Josephine uh, Hogan. And they, um, they were all in the acting game. So they all set it up then together. Like, they made it like a family affair. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it's still going strong, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was back in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. And do you, you still go over and visit him then on a regular basis? Yeah, I went over every summer. I go over to visit him, and um, you know he'd be working over there. And he put me. He moved to Brooklyn then. He moved to Brooklyn. He st- spent five years in Buffalo, but the theatre had already been set up, and then my uncle would run it you, you know it's, uh, and dad would go back and do things with it and then Chris went on to Brooklyn and he said he met, he teamed up with Jimmy Smallhorn do you know Jimmy? I don't uh, Jimmy makes films and he's an actor and anyway uh, director all those things he teamed up with Jimmy Smallhorn and they uh, they uh, set up a theatre company in the Bronx mm. so uh, Chris got me over then and we did um, Peg of My Heart myself and uh, Paul Ronan and Paul McGrain and um, 
yeah, there was a, a good lot in there. It was good fun, you know. Mm. I was 19 then. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was the Bronx and he was in Brooklyn. Then I used to go over every year. And then he had me in Lovers as well, back in Buffalo. We went back to Buffalo then and we did a stint to Lovers. Mm. Um, you know, winners, losers, and obviously losers is the older couple mm. and winners is the younger couple, the Brian Friel play. And I uh, played Mag. Um, it's about a young couple, Joe and Mag, and she's pregnant and she's just talking about, um, you know, all her dreams and hopes and how she hates the nuns and all this kind of thing. It's really sad. Mm. And um, he thinks she's wonderful, you know, and he's listening to her and she's full of life and she's really gregarious and she's all that. And I loved playing that. And, um, you know, they're looking down on the on the whole town and she's saying how she's going to <laughs> go down and she's going to shoot them. You know, she's yeah. giving out about everyone. Yeah. Um but um, she's pregnant, and then she has her little worries about it. And uh, but in the end, they they drown in the lake going back. You know, it's a real simple story. You know what I mean? But it's called Winners. You know, because anyway, it's beautiful. You should read it. I will. Yeah. And so, did you just kind of fall into acting that way? Is like, or did you study? I went up to the Oscar School of Acting up in North Frederick Street, which mm. was like a course up there, and I did that. And I suppose just tread the boards. You know myself, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so your father passed away, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, how long ago? Twenty years now. In nineteen ninety-seven, um, April fifteenth, um, he passed away in Florida. He was doing a one-man show, and um, <clears throat> he got very ill overnight. And basically, he walked into hospital, um, and we didn't know what was wrong with him. But anyway, I went over and I was with him for four weeks. But he didn't make it. He, he, he got a, a mosquito bite, we think. Still, like, a mosquito bite of some sort. And um, But we found out only two years ago because, you know, it was such a strange kind of thing that happened. It was kind of an underlying thing called Abergillus that, you know, um, and then he probably got bitten by something, you know, his immune system then just swept through him. And he didn't. He was only 50. So it was a real... It was a real loss because mm. he he wasn't the kind of person <laughs> that like, he used to say sleep was a waste of time. He used to what? He used to say sleep was a waste of oh, time. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. he just liked to be. He just loved life. Mm. Like he loved life, and he loved working. You know, he worked all the time, and if he didn't get work, he'd make work. He'd he'd do. Um, you know, he adapted these Frank O'Connor stories, mm. um, and he'd you know one man shows out of them and actually after he passed away he got a Jeff award for that in Chicago so he'd done a lot for 50 years you know and you were obviously very close to him you travelled yeah. around with him did you and I stayed in hotels I, I used to stay with him a lot you know and then when I left school like when I was 18 I didn't really know what I was at or you know I wanted to do the acting but I was a bit you know what am I going to do so I go over and I stay cause I was meant to stay a month and then I stayed six months because I didn't have to go back to school yeah. so that's when he threw me into pegging my heart, like things yeah. like that, you know. Mm. So I did travel around with him. And we'd stay in hotels, and I kind of did. Yeah, I kind of go around with him, you know. So it was a big wrench. Yeah, it was a big wrench. He was my buddy too, you know. Yeah. So and I could have learned so much more from him, but I did learn a lot from him, you know. But I never really feel like that he went far from me. That's the truth, and not being corny. Like, yeah. I, no, I never really. I always feel like he's with me. That's brilliant. Yeah, I, I love that. Always been with me, yeah. So. And did he recently get uh, some kind of honour in Buffalo? F- was the street named after him? Yeah, they um, 
my uncle rang me there <coughs> around a month ago or two months ago maybe um, and he told me that the city of Buffalo had honoured Chris with um, they are calling a street in the theatre district after him called the Chris, Chris O'Neill's Way because of his contribution to theatre in, in Buffalo so I'm very proud of him and I'm delighted you know after 20 years that they they chose to um to do that for him you know mm. so and I, I know he'd been delighted so it's lovely yeah that's uh, amazing amazing story and uh so we're near the end we're got one more show of the chastity to do chastitude to do mm-hmm. um and uh it's been pleasure working with you you too i think you've got a very open way of acting you know you always feel that you, there's part of you there in the scenes that you do I love watching it so really yeah oh thank you mm. thank you <laughs> what do you mean I mean there's a great honesty <laughs> honesty or uh, vulnerability uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that you can that you're yeah. a lot of people cover that up but you're not afraid to uh, no. let people see that no I'm not afraid to let people see any of that <laughs> <laughs> you know who cares <laughs> at the end of the day yeah, no, it's brilliant. So uh, it's been a pleasure. And I'm with delighted you. to be um, working with this cast. It's just been amazing, you know. It's, and we've all had such a good time, and yeah. everyone's been truly pleasant and good crack. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna miss it now. It's lovely. It's been brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Ashley. Thank you. Listening back to that, I actually get I got a little bit emotional because uh, um, it was a wonderful experience just working with a big cast of really nice people, and we were together, including rehearsal and and the uh, run. It was uh, two months, and you know you get really close to people, and and you see them every day, and they become a bit of um, your family in a way for for that two months and. Uh, um yeah jesus it's been two weeks now it just suddenly stops then and and i haven't seen any of the cast in in the last two weeks and uh yeah so uh it was a nice chat and it was a lovely story about uh her father ashling she's a brilliant woman and she's nothing like carol on fair city at all she's a lovely woman uh i'm just gonna have a, a little chat now with uh, uh andrew kenny who i uh, most of my scenes were with and during the play uh, with, with Andrew Kenny. Now, where did you study acting? Uh, well, I got, uh, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School over in Bristol uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, it was an amazing experience. It was two years, two-year course, and it was, I suppose... Um, modeled effectively on sort of classical English experience, but we did a lot of different uh, styles as well, of course, you know. But it was a great experience there, a great school. Uh, and again, the great people who I'm still in touch with today, 10 and 11 years later, mm. um, some fantastic actors uh, there that are most of whom are living now in the UK. Um, and then before that, I was in uh, <coughs> Trinity College as well, but um, I studied philosophy there, but I was doing a lot of drama work with the uh, Beckett Centre as well and, and players there as well. Okay, and have you mostly worked in theatre? Have you done done film and TV as well? 
I've done a mixed bag of things over the years. You know, uh, in the in the early days, I was doing a lot of TV and film because there was a lot of a lot of work around. You know, I got a few gigs on like the clinic on RTE and uh, um, Legend and a few things like that. A few of the films that came in. Um, but then over the last sort of two to three years, it's been mostly theatre work with a little bit of like radio commercial work thrown in. Mm. Um, I do prefer theatre work though, so that's pretty good. Um, so this has been a, a great fun. You're involved with the, the dance part of this show. I mean, is you dance and teach tango. I mean, do you find that comes in handy as well when you're... Or other things, other skills that you might have, are they handy when you're, when you're looking for roles? Absolutely. Well, I've got a background as well in, <coughs> excuse me, in, in uh, combat sports as well. So I've got... That has came in sort of early on in my career as well. And then uh, I started dancing tango when I... Uh, left uh, drama school and was out in the real world hanging around for long periods of time doing nothing um, and uh, figured I should start doing some dance you know and started doing tango and really loved it and then over the years gradually improved and got better at it got to a certain level where I was able to kind of teach and um, you know school others and certainly it does open up avenues for work you know and I think it's really important as an artist you know no matter what you know, your your genre might be your target or whatever. I think it's really important to explore as many avenues and try and have as many different skills as possible because mm-hmm. it's it's a tough business. It's a tough uh, living to, to, to make. So it's good to have different avenues to explore mm-hmm. and different different um, skills to utilize. Now, was acting something that was run ran in your family? No, not at all. Um, uh, not at all. I'm sort of the. Um, the black sheep, if you yeah. like. <laughs> Maybe not the black sheep, that's the wrong phrase, but certainly, uh, no, no, nobody, uh, uh, there's certainly no history of acting. There's definitely, uh, like. Even the arts? Any of the arts? Uh, the arts, yeah. Um, there'd be a, one or two musicians mm. uh, going uh, through the generations, I suppose. Mm. Um, but uh, no, nobody, uh, as, as far as I know, anyway, was, was into acting or anything mm. like that or mm. involved. Um, but a few musicians, okay. A few musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I have to say, Andrew, it's been a pleasure working with you over the last few weeks. We've been together a lot in scenes and in a fight scene and everything. It's just been great. So thanks, thanks very much. Thank you, well, it's been an absolute privilege for me, so thank you, Joe. Okay, now we're um, about one minute away from the opening of the play for the last night in the Gaiety. And the, it's quite emotional. So I'm going to put the recorder in my pocket and record the first opening scene. It's very sneaky of me. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gaiety Theatre. For your safety, would you please take a moment to locate your nearest emergency exit? The use of mobile phones, voice or text, pagers and other communication devices are not permitted and must be switched off at this time and left off until the end of the performance. Thank you. Well, there you go. That's my sneaky little recording from on stage in the Gaiety. When we opened the play, there was a, a, a prayer. And we, uh, the bell that you hear, that is a real bell. It's not a sound effect. 
uh, there's two bells in backstage in the gate, massive big things, and uh, they were put to use at the beginning of that play. Uh, the great thing I think about working in that theatre, it's a very old historic theatre, is uh, that kind of thing. The big bell backstage, the ropes, the scenery hanging up in the gantry, waiting to be dropped down into different scenes and scenery moving back and forth on and off stage. So it's uh, like putting on a, it's like making, uh, putting on a little real life three dimensional film every night uh, and uh, uh, the amount of stuff that's going on backstage is unbelievable so it's a bit like the swan you know serene one would hope over the water and legs paddling away underneath uh so safe to say i miss it i flipping miss it well i started this uh podcast in skull a little town of beautiful town of skull because i was doing a gig in hackett's and i'd done another one the night before in bantry in the mariner and there's a few venues that I booked because I met up with a girl called Anya Duffy down at the Irish Animation Awards, actually. And she put me in touch with a few of these small venues. She is in a musical duo called Little Grit. They used to be called Anya Duffy and the Hypnotist. And they they, they uh, do gigs all around the country. And uh, so I met up with her down in Ballina Spittle for a coffee and breakfast. And we had a little chat. I know you probably hate this question but how would you describe your music well I don't hate it anymore because I finally can actually describe the music so at the moment the music is upbeat fun big riffs big vocals and maybe a bit uh, ballsy (laughs) but very truthful and passionate the lyrics are uh, written you know with thoughts and we, we always have there's something to say so I really like it now electronic rock maybe electronic dance and so you're touring around Ireland and the UK quite a lot but you're doing this all yourself so could just tell me about that how you go yeah. about that um, well I suppose I would have started travelling and playing as many open mics as I could when I was younger and passing out mailing lists and hoping that people would sign those mailing lists <laughs> and, uh, and then in the last uh and then I suppose I was lucky enough to go on tour with a couple of people. I played with Amelda May and Jack L. And then I met Brody, the hypnotist. So we kind of started figuring out a faster way of touring by having electronic and having the two of us with our guitars and the keyboard and beats and being able to play more venues because there was only two of us in the van. And being able to play on a Saturday night and people dancing. and It was just great fun. It just seems 
it's easy it seems easier now than I know the category like when you asked me at the start can I describe it now now I feel I can and it takes takes a musician a while before they actually can figure out what their category is because it's not exactly something we look forward to to making for ourselves putting ourselves in a category but once once we do it's good but, but you were telling me about some things you've done like um I mean for example you've played art galleries you played in a barber shop yeah. just tell me <laughs> that how you can kind of bring people in audience. to be your audience you know um we've played yeah we kind of will just go and we know that we had to be in front of people for them to decide whether they liked us or not first mm. so we have played the most interesting places we've played domes where there's llamas outside we've played barber shops <laughs> barns <laughs> you name it <laughs> old egg markets old brothels <laughs> so we just did that so that we could be in front of people and they could see us and hear us and feel the atmosphere at the same time and then decide for themselves if they liked us or not but if they don't get a chance to see us we were saying how are we going to build up the following so we had to kind of be brave and play as many places as we could and get creative (laughs) that's that's brilliant I love that I mean because you've given me a few venues to check out and I'm going to be doing them over this weekend so it's great that there's these small venues that I didn't know about and you've actually told me about them yeah because like I think that since the recession that there is still people that are trying to make communities and in a lot of places like back in the day that's how it would have been anyway there would have been gatherings of people that went to certain areas and and, and that's when we started tapping into it like that place we will play together in Kilkenny that they have kept that all back in the day really old styling and they use it for films and it was in disco pigs and it's all kept as it was Mm. but they have like a community there now since the recession where people can go there's only one tap but there's whole areas it used to be the egg market where women brought their their eggs because they got to keep the money from that and the same thing is pulling through now where people can all go there again and and have fun so like that's how we would have started that we would have gone there played a gig and they would have liked us well that's what it turns out now i touching wood here <laughs> and, uh, and and now we get to go back and there's more people there because they want uh, they want somewhere to go they just they don't all all necessarily want to be going to the board gash to see people i remember i read um you know like say back in the day elvis costello would be right in the middle of the crowd mm. and singing with them and they were feeling it and now, when we play gigs, sometimes if even that one in in Finley's, they're up around you, behind you, sometimes dancing next to you. You know, it's just, it's nice to get people involved so that they're. Well, that's amazing. That's what the Libertines did. They played parties as well. There you yeah. go. Parties are great fun. Yeah, yeah we love yeah. parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, your music is electronic, but your attitude is more like the the kind of troubadour that's going around oh, playing yeah, yeah, to the yeah. people. That's that's the thing. Even though we're you'd say electronic, we want people to see it's actually us playing our instruments so there is points where you're not hearing all the beats but the beats are something that we did ourselves anyway and we programmed them and they are ours but mm. but we're very much playing our instruments singing being with the being with the crowd it's it's very much a live performance even though you know it's still electronic it doesn't mean we're just you know doing a dj set we're kind of in there mm. and it's it's great crack it's good to have people dancing around, but we're very much into our instruments at the same time and our lyrics and and what we have to say. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Anya. And we're doing a gig together. That's the one in Kilkenny. What's the name of the venue? Finleys. Or Finleys. I probably pronounce it a bit. Wait, Cork. <laughs>
families. <laughs> Thanks a lot. together in Benley's in Callan, County Kilkenny on the 1st of July. That's uh, yeah, uh, myself and uh, Onya Daffy there. Well, uh, that's it for this podcast and thanks for uh, subscribing, uh, downloading or listening or all three of them. Thanks a lot to uh, Michael Scott for uh, getting me uh, part in that. Uh, the producer and director of the, the Jastitude basically and uh, Thanks to all the guests that were on the show. Now, you are a new listener, possibly. And uh, what I always ask is, can you go on iTunes and give me a five-star rating and a review? The reviews are really handy. Uh, they help me uh, uh, get further up the uh, charts or something like that, I believe. And, you know, this is all a free service. So uh, that would be nice just to help me in that way. And you can contact me and... Uh, Give me feedback on Twitter, I guess. I suppose at Joe Rooney One, or on uh, the website, which is uh, JoeRooneyComedian dot com, and uh, I have also Joe Rooney Comedian on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's it. So uh, listen, you're all great. Uh, thanks for listening, and seventy uh, fifth uh, episode. So uh, hopefully there'll be another. To get the next 25 done quick enough and we'll reach 100 and be fucking great and have a bleeding party and all that. have a few good guests coming up. Uh, Peter Sheridan, the the, 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 the director, and, uh, and Aidan Gillen. Uh, so uh, that's the uh, the actor, that is. Yeah, that's it for the, for the time being. Uh, hope you've all enjoyed that. And uh, I'm off to Glastonbury in... Two days with me son and me daughter, and I'm doing a few gigs there, and uh, yeah, that'll be great. What? Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll record a few interviews when I'm over there as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, give me go on iTunes. You know, just go on on your laptop and do that whole thing with the review and the stars and all that kind of malarkey. Yeah, go on, get out of it, will ya? What? <laughs>
canal said to me it's time we parted I know you meant well but you put me through hell and finally get home where the hours go slow when you get out of your bed I've got a plan what's going on in your head that I can't stand I'm a collapsible man I'm a collapsible something it's smiling at me but not a friendly smile the worst smile i've ever seen in my life do you see it right now smile rated r only in theater september 30th